You're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Holly. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. We're so excited to be back and recording again. Please excuse our uh, extended hiatus, but um, I'm sure everyone knows that life has not been as usual. So Holly and I are both working from home, and we have just now figured out uh, how all this technology needs to talk to each other in order to allow us to podcast remotely because we were spoiled when we had our place in our office where we could just go and, and podcast together. So Holly, how is this working for you? Well, it's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who's more technologically challenged. So believe it or not, I'm sitting underneath a blanket right now doing this. <laughs> As every good solid podcaster has probably done in their recording days, I'm sure you're now you're now initiated into the podcast family. <laughs> Obviously, the coronavirus is among us all. I don't imagine that there's any listener who has not been touched by it or has not dealt with it, hopefully has not been ill with it. But I would imagine that by statistics, there's probably some. So we hope you all are doing well and that you're managing the stay at home orders and the working from home orders and all of the changes that we've all had to deal with. And in fact, because Holly and I are in Dallas, Texas, you may have seen on the news that Texas is among one of the states where the numbers are continuing to go up every day. My phone lights up with new updates from our local news channels saying we've had a new record, almost like they're celebrating, like they're waiting for the next record to be broken. I don't even know. It's exhausting and unbelievable and just all right. of it. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's funny because Holly has been able to office at home and stay at home. And it's just her and her two pups, little or her dogs are with her. How have, how's it been with them? Well, it's been fine with them. What I really miss is being able to see my grandson and pick him up and hold him, you know, because he's still sort of a new member of the family. And he just he turned one not so long ago. So my son and his wife and he come over to my house and they stand out in the courtyard and and I stand inside my front door and that's all I can do but run out and grab him and squeeze him. But <laughs> but uh, I know how I, I have to stay away for my own good. Because I'm one of the older people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you getting sick. We're no, pre- I don't want, we want you protected. And then you're kind of in a crazy situation because you've got these two boys you've been cooped up with. Holy smokes. It's been all four of us in our house. We have a, a modest three-bedroom house. So we all have our own space to go to, but it's not very big. And as soon as we started quarantining together, our house got small really fast. So my husband is working from home and so am I. And then of course the boys were having their schooling from home for the first couple months. And then now we're just in summer, quote unquote whatever summer means now, because we don't have camps and we don't have play dates and we can't go to the water park. And so there's all these activities that we normally would be doing, but unfortunately we're not. So it doesn't feel like summer 
as we've known it in the past. So big changes all around. And you guys have started talking about getting your house bigger. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. So that leads into what we're going to be talking about today, which is home design during all of this pandemic and coronavirus. But yes, my husband and I, um, his name's Bob. We have been doing this now for what, three and a half months, the staying at home. And because he's also an architect, you know, the conversation at dinner almost always turns to how do we get more room? These kids are driving us crazy. We need space. It can stem from needing a quiet office or needing a place for the kids to go wrestle. And in fact, getting ready for this podcast, you heard the screaming and the giggling and the <laughs> the roughhousing that was going on behind me. Because they're nuts. You can't anticipate when their power hour is going to be. It always seems to be at the wrong time. Yeah, it's just everybody needs a little bit of quiet alone space. And we also need spaces that are good for us to come together as a family so we don't drive each other crazy. So I don't think that's really been an issue for you. But like you said, you've needed a decent space to be able to visit with your son and daughter-in-law and little grandson. So even that is a design issue that fortunately it's somewhat comfortable where you are, but we're into summer in Texas. So it's hot. I know. I know. Yeah. So are they coming over in the evening or the morning when it's a little bit cooler? Well, they haven't been over for about a month now because it's been so hot. Oh gosh. Yeah. Because with the little guy, he can only be outside for a certain amount of time when it's a hundred degrees. Right. uh, before he starts turning into a, a whining mess. And, yeah. you know, I haven't seen him in quite a while now. So it's mostly just, you know, Zoom and FaceTime and, and get little videos sent. And, you know, you do what you can do and that's it. Yeah. Well, fortunately, we've all stayed healthy so far, knock on wood. And so has your family. So that's yes. good. Yeah. But you and I, of course, have talked and had Zoom meetings and FaceTime and, and lots of phone calls over these last few months. Several times our conversations have turned to how is this whole experience going to affect home design in the future? Because certainly we're not going to come out of this unchanged. This is definitely going to inform our conversations with clients in the future, don't you think? I think so, because if it can happen once, it can happen twice. You know, there's all sorts of microbes out there that have been mutating or undiscovered or, you know, just waiting to pounce. So this is this sort of thing happened 100 years ago. But I think probably in our modern world, as people get more crowded, it may happen more frequently. Who knows? But if you prepare for it with the way that you live, that might help. Well, I was talking to a friend and she has a friend that lives in an apartment. And she said, if we've learned anything from quarantine, it's that being in an apartment building is not a good place to be because even just riding an elevator can be problematic. It, yeah. You know, it's really hard to, to social distance when you're crammed in with people and especially during the busy times of day now that some people are going back to work. So that's really tough. And in fact, another friend of ours, her brother and new wife had actually moved out of their apartment and moved over into his new wife's family's home in nearby in Dallas just for that exact reason, that they didn't want to be that close to all those other people. So they decided to stay at home, but to include the extended family in their circle 
of yeah. people that they were going to quarantine with. So, yeah, you really have to look at not just what's inside your home, but what is the circumstance of coming and going and is it safe and how do you get to where you need to go? It's a lot of things to consider. Yeah, one of the things I've been dealing with is deliveries. And uh, mm-hmm. and I've been super careful. And for instance, whenever I go out and get the mail, since I'm just so cautious, I've been bringing the mail in. I use one hand for the mailbox and the other hand for doorknobs. Keep the doorknob hand clean. And then I throw the mail in a pile and I wait for about three days or four days before I actually open the mail because I've been hearing that you know people in the post office have the virus. You know, like deliveries, whenever you order food, you know, like you have pizza delivered or something and you want it to be no contact, then it's always good to have some sort of piece of furniture right outside your front door uh, and have space for that on your porch so that people have places to set things that you've ordered or that are getting delivered. And I seem to be getting all sorts of boxes and stuff because so much more stuff is being delivered these days. And oh, yeah. We're in fact, just today we're waiting on four separate boxes from Amazon. <laughs> so, yes, we have definitely been using our prime account. Um, yeah. And food delivery. And we've been using grocery delivery a lot. You have to if you have a teeny tiny little porch, one delivery person didn't realize where they should set it. And so they set it in front of our glass screen door, which opens out. Oh. And and I was like, uh oh, I feel like I just got locked into my house because now I got to push that, you know, 50 pounds of groceries away <laughs> before I could even get out to the porch. So, yeah, if you've got a tiny porch, you have to have room on one side or the other of the door to set stuff and then to have it be protected from the weather and especially groceries. I have to know exactly when they're arriving so that I can get them out of the heat quickly. So if you have a porch that gets drenched in sunlight at certain times of the day, you need to be aware of that. So there's lots of lots of things to think about even just in that before you even get inside the house. And then once you get inside, I've set up a wipe down station at my front door. Oh, that's smart. Disinfectant and I've got a surface that I set stuff on to process it before I bring it into my house. You know, there's room for wipes and there's room for the disinfectant spray and there's room for paper towels, all of that kind of stuff. It's good to have a place where you can, you know, and maybe that's a mud room at your back door or, you know, you've got something at your front door as well as at the back door for when people are coming in and out. And do laundry rooms need to be close to the back door? So, for instance, my son is an essential worker. And so he has to go out and meet with people. And the first thing he does when he gets home at night is walk in the back door and shed the clothes and go take a shower. Right. So they they're lucky and have a laundry room right by the back door. So that's an easy process. But it's good to not have to walk all the way through your house before you get to the laundry room. Yeah, we usually come and go from our back door through the garage and we definitely have sort of a transition zone where we kick off our shoes and if we have to put anything down or I put things down there, then go wash my hands, come back and deal with things where they need to go wipe them down. Like you said, Um, we wipe down all our groceries with the Clorox wipes. Yeah, you have to have a place and you almost, I mean, really mentally you have to retrace your steps. So when I 
bring things from the porch to the front entry. I know that I've potentially contaminated that spot on the floor there. And then I have to take the groceries from there to the kitchen. And I know wherever I set them there, that's a spot I have to go back and wipe after the bags are done and try not to set things on the counter or the table. And it's just a whole lot more brain energy. Yeah. You keep track of stuff and, and make sure you're going back and wiping things down. It's a lot to think about. Yeah. And I've had that problem also. And so I've gotten, okay, right hand is the one that's contaminated. <laughs> left hand is in my pocket or always has a wipe in it. Yes. So that I can do doorknobs and whatever with the left hand and just have the right hand do the dirty stuff. Exactly. Uh, and so, but it does take a lot of brain power to keep all that straight. Well, in fact, I saw a funny meme on Facebook this morning and it said, to put this in terms that crafters would understand, pretend that you're in a room with nine other of your friends doing craft projects and one of their projects involves glitter. Oh God. How, <laughs> how many of the other projects in the room now involve glitter as well. And that's kind of how you have to think about these germs. And I know you at one point said you just picture it as glitter. And where is that glitter going to end up? Cause you know, it'll go everywhere. Yeah. So I just thought, yeah, that is, that is a, a way I can, <laughs> I can relate to it. Yeah. Just especially with kids. Cause Holy smokes they're now they're not in preschool, but when they were in preschool, they did do a lot of stuff with glitter. So and you well, had glitter all over at home, even though the project was at school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got to enjoy it twice. Yay. <laughs> well, so as we're talking about groceries, that brings us to discussion about kitchens, because I can't even tell you. I think I've probably cooked more meals and washed more dishes in the last three months than I have my entire life. Because we are an on-the-go family. So half of our meals are usually takeout or on the go or in the car or whatever. And so now that we've, especially in the first few months when we really didn't go out, we were really stuck at home, that I was cooking all the time. And it was a whole new experience that I wasn't used to where I could plan every single meal and, you know, the way that you're supposed to, <laughs> that I should have been doing, you know, as a mom. But yeah, it's been a very, I have a different relationship with my kitchen now than I did before. And our refrigerator looks different. Our pantry looks different. So that's been kind of eye-opening for sure. Well, it has been. And I've discovered, even though I seem to have, I used to have enough space in my kitchen. I now have some plastic tubs. And I hate to say this, but I've got some plastic tubs in my bedroom where I put staples that I have bought whenever I do get groceries so I don't have to get them as frequently so that I have, you know, I try to buy two of whatever it is I'm getting. And then the right. second one goes in the tubs in my bedroom. So whether it's canned goods, you know, or something that's in a package like some pasta or a jar of pickles or whatever it is. And so I've got these extra things that don't fit in my small pantry or in my kitchen anywhere. You know, having more pantry space or some place to store extra food so that you've got it for an extended period of time would be a good thing to have. Yeah, I never knew that we drank so many different kind of beverages until all of this happened. I mean, we thank goodness for our second refrigerator because it is entirely all beverage. And I do have to say my husband's drinking a lot more beer 
since uh, <laughs> since all of this happened. And I feel like it was a rite of passage or one of those milestone life moments when I placed my first online liquor delivery. To they have, liquor online? Oh, it's life changing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I placed a big that. order and I was like, okay, what has this world come to that now I'm ordering my booze and having it delivered to my front door? Like, is this wonderful or is this our the start of our downfall? I'm not sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to just enjoy a few new drinks that I'd never experienced <laughs> before, which was kind of fun. Yeah. Just all these new services that have popped up are amazing. In fact, I was just marveling when all of this started. I mean, literally within, what, a week or two when when all of this shutdown happened, every major advertiser on TV had made new commercials. Yes. So everybody was adopting all this new language like contactless and stay at home and we're with you and support and, you know, hashtag alone together and all these buzzwords for the whole Corona thing. And I thought, oh, my gosh, to be in advertising right now, you'd be making a killing because all your clients would be starting over. Plus, they're worn out because everybody's working 24 hours a day to get all this stuff pushed out. Oh, yeah, I believe it, especially when all of them were probably pushed to work remotely, too. That's such a challenge. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so that was, I think, to be I'm you know, this is a side tangent, but to be an academic or somebody that monitors or analyzes social patterns and, you know, things that happen in the world and how the public reacts to it. I think it would just be absolutely fascinating right now to see how people are dealing with this and what are the patterns of following or not following rules and all these sorts of things. And anyway, it just that's the nerd in me. I just find it fascinating. Now, the world's a huge laboratory right now. Isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Anyway, so back to the kitchen. That was my tangent. Um, (laughs) Back to the kitchen discussion. One thing I've noticed, we had to commandeer some shelves in our laundry room for our backup pantry. Just like you were saying, you've got tubs in your bedroom. We've got our second zombie apocalypse pantry in there with, you know, mac and cheese and some canned goods and, you know, stuff that if it really gets bad, that's the last stuff we're going to, you know, be eating before it's the end. Because after that, we're done. Because <laughs> yeah. I can't get to the grocery store. But yeah, it was really interesting that I, like you said, you order, you find yourself now ordering two of things instead of one, because you don't want to have to go back to the grocery store. Well, not only soon. that, it's the wiping down process that you go through. If you can wipe down two things as efficiently as one and get through with the process and then not have to do it for another long time. Sure. It it really makes your life a little bit less stressful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it really takes less time out of your life to do it that way. Yeah. Get it done. So I'll be interested to see when we start meeting with new clients on new projects Um, And in fact, we've got a couple that are coming up that I know that I've potentially contaminated that spot on the floor there. And then I have to take the groceries from there to the kitchen. And I know wherever I set them there, that's a spot I have to go back and wipe after the bags are done and our remodels and and additions. And I don't know if any of them have new kitchens involved, but I'm wondering if we're going to have some conversations about how much bulk storage do you need and 
is it different than what you thought of six months ago? And, you know, where do you want that pantry and how big do you want? You know, I think there's going to be some try not to set things on the counter or the table. And it's just a whole lot more brain energy yeah. to keep track of stuff and, and make sure you're going back and wiping things down. New requests coming around that. Well, funny that you say that, because just yesterday I was talking with a potential new client. They were saying we don't have enough pantry space. We need a big pantry in this oh, room. Yeah. To do. Yeah. And well, and I think maybe we're probably going to hear more requests for more countertop space. That's definitely something I feel like I'm missing in my kitchen because I've been baking way more cookies than I ever have. And I sure would like a few more feet of countertop to do that. You know, the second refrigerator or maybe even wider bigger primary refrigerators, because I think the other thing that this has done is it's brought our attention to our health because there's been a lot of discussion about if you can improve your immune system, then maybe that might help you fight the virus or, you know, at least stay healthy and stronger if, you know, you end up having to fight it. So a lot of people are focusing on cooking better food at home and using more fresh ingredients. And so that sometimes would require more refrigeration or more freezer space. So I, I'm really curious to see what our clients are going to be talking about. It's going to be interesting to yes. see what kind of changes are being made. Ex exactly. Well, and so all of those cookies that I was making were, of course, requested by my children. I will throw my husband under the bus. He's a huge chocolate chip cookie fan. So a lot of times my youngest, Nathan, would want to bake with me. Um, we had many eggs try to be cracked and ended up exploded everywhere. So he's <laughs> still on the lower part of that learning curve, but we're getting there. But I did notice that, you know, as soon as he lost interest in the baking side of things, he would either run back to his room and, and play Legos or play, uh, you know, video games or whatever. Or he'd start wrestling with his brother in the family room and we'd, you know, the yelling would soon follow because, you know, they'd be knocking things over. So one thing that has become extremely clear to my husband and I is that kids space is extremely important if you're going to be spending a lot of time at home. In the past, we haven't spent that long at home in long stretches. So because we're always at a soccer game or we're always at. Uh, you know, running to and from preschool or, you know, name the hundred different things that we're always doing. And all of a sudden that's not here. So we've discovered that the boys need quiet spaces because, of course, when they were doing Zoom meetings with their teachers and things like that, Matthew kept going, Nathan, get out of my room and, you know, trying to shut the door and he needed quiet. Um, but then we also need noisy spaces that are separate from the grownups. And that's one of the things that has really kind of driven my husband and I to pull out copies of our house floor plan <laughs> and start sketching and, and daydreaming about what, what could life look like with the second story on this house? And what could we possibly, you know, could we do a playroom and could we move the boys' bedrooms upstairs? <laughs> and how far apart can we get them from us? That would be amazing. So, yes, the kids spaces is huge. I feel like I mean, you can probably speak to this with not having kids in your house. 
but you may be having a little bit more free time to explore some of your personal interests and hobbies, right? Because you've got a room that you can do some of that, right? Yeah, I've got a craft room that, you know, I make jewelry in and I sew in and all that sort of stuff. And it's just, it's just great being able to have that kind of space and have it not be on top of other spaces. So I really enjoy having that separate space in my house because I can be right in the middle of a project and get up and walk away from it and close the door. Right. Yeah. And and have it not flow into everything else in the house. Yeah. So that's, that's really a luxury. That is. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we would really love to have. If we had a couple more bedrooms, that would definitely be a room that would get used that way. Because right now my space to be able to do that sort of stuff is actually in the area that was our formal dining room. So it's right off of the living room. It's right off of the kitchen. It's in the middle of everything, uh, which is wonderful because I can put something in the oven and go sit down and sew for a couple minutes and get back up. And it's right there. But when it's in the middle of everything and we're trying to work from home, that's not as convenient because then you can't just use that space, you know, only for myself. So, well, also, you and Bob have a situation where you're both officing from home. I know originally you were both trying to use the same space and he's doing a Zoom meeting and you're trying to do a Zoom meeting and, and that doesn't <laughs> work real well. Yeah, we had dueling mute buttons. Because we were like, okay, are you muted? Because I have to talk. Okay, now, all right, now you be quiet because it's my turn. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. We had one big desk that we thought, oh, this will work great because my computer was already set up there and there was a corner, you know, room for him to set his up. So it worked for a little while, kind of when while we were in sort of emergency mode of like, oh, holy smokes, what is this new stay at home thing we have to do? But once we realized that this was going to last a whole lot longer than we first anticipated, we thought, okay, we need to get this under control because this is not sustainable. And yeah, so we ended, I ended up moving my computer back to our bedroom so that I could find a place for my quiet, you know, to have some quiet for my phone calls and be able to think two thoughts in a row without being interrupted. And it's a challenge for sure. So you've been able to work just from our office office. Oh yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, so you walk down the hall and come into the office. My office from home is our official office. Right, which works out great. It works out great. Yeah. So I've had that advantage. That's been fine. It's been real interesting talking to all sorts of different people because I used to be sort of an anomaly that I had my office at home. And now most everybody I talk to is in the middle of, you know, working their office from home. Probably 90% of the people I talk to are officing from home. And so there's been all sorts of discussion about, well, how do you find that? And I said, well, for us, it was, or for me, it was no transition because we've been doing it for a little over a year now, almost. Is it that long? Oh my God. Yeah. This and, uh, but I'm still talking to some people who it's still brand new and they're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. So way in our discussions here at at my house and then, of course, with you, the home office seems to be a recurring theme. So Holly and I decided that we would focus a little bit on the home office design. Let's let's dive a little bit deeper into what do you need to think about if you've decided that officing from home is going to be your 
uh, I hate the phrase, but your new normal. And what sort of things do you need to consider if you are lucky enough to have a separate room that you can use? What should you consider when you're setting that up? Or if you have to find a separate space in your home, how do you make the most of that space, whether it's shared with, you know, if it's at the kitchen table or if it's in another room, but but it has to stay multi-purpose. How does that work? How can you make the most of it? So one of the things that we've all noticed, and I'm sure you all have been involved with it, too, is that video calls and Zoom meetings are I don't think they're going away. This has become our new way to communicate. And I thought it was fascinating. Here's my nerd hat again. When we first started and and even the people on our newscast were, you know, all of the anchors were officing from home. So they're broadcasting from home. It was so interesting to see what they chose to put as their backdrop. Have you noticed that? Oh, yes. Their personality started to come out and all of a sudden you knew who had dogs and who had cats and who had an interior designer and who didn't. And <laughs> well, this one, it seemed like everybody had bookshelves behind them. Right. Isn't and that, that weird? seemed to be the, the thing. There was a formula. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then it started to sort of vary from that. So that there were all sorts of variations on a theme. And then people started getting a little bit crazy. And then some of the programs started being able to provide you with a virtual green screen behind you so that you could put any image you wanted behind yourself. Yes. So it's it's really kind of interesting to see where that's going. Yeah. If anybody is a fan of the group Dude Perfect, they're a huge YouTube sensation. They actually graduated from the same university I went to in Texas A&M. So they're right here in the Frisco area, which is close to Dallas. They're hysterical and they have a video called Quarantine Stereotypes. It will make your day. You have to watch it if you haven't seen it. Go on YouTube, look for Dude Perfect and watch that because it's hysterical. And they do a whole segment on stereotypes with Zoom meetings. And there's one guy that has a green screen and I won't ruin that, but it's hysterical. So (laughs) I'll have to send you a link because it's really funny. But um, I read an article the other day that was about uh, your Zoom shirt. And how people are keeping, you know, even though they're working in T-shirts or shirtless or or whatever, they keep a Zoom shirt on the back of their chair. So when it's time for a Zoom meeting, they hurry up and put on this shirt that they always use for Zoom meetings. Oh, my gosh. And it could be, you know, just sort of a a very casual pullover or it's a buttoning down with a with a a snap on tie and uh, (laughs) this whole thing about, and then there's one guy that said, well, I'm going to try and impress people with how laid back I am. So I keep a a Hawaiian shirt as my zoom shirt. Oh, that's so funny. That's, you know, that's true. Cause when I get dressed in the morning, I have a half second thought of, do I have to be on camera today or not? Is it a real shirt or a t-shirt day? And (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I hadn't thought about that, but that's so true. I think Bob even has like hats that he's comfortable wearing if he has to talk to a client and other some other days he's got different hats. And yeah. And there was one guy that said that he got this really obnoxious plaid shirt and he tried to wear it for every single Zoom meeting for a month 
just to see if anybody would finally notice and comment on it. And finally, somebody said, hey, guy, don't you ever wash that shirt? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't wait for the coffee table book to come out with everybody's weird Zoom meeting backgrounds and the videos that will have all the the random people walking in the background that don't know they're on camera. And, yeah, it's going to be a whole thing. They'll have (laughs) to add a wing to them. So back to the home office. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we we do. We haven't done this in a while, so we have lots of tangents. So the home office. So the video call and Zoom meetings, um, if you haven't picked up tips along the way, we wanted to add a few extra ideas that if you are setting up a new office, you need to particularly pay attention to lighting. If Zoom meetings are going to be something that are part of your professional persona and something that you have to do to communicate with clients. We still have to be as professional on camera as we do in a regular in-person meeting. So pay attention to lighting. Um, I'm in fact, I've almost bought one of those uh, round LED. I think they call them diva lights or ring lights that help give you uniform lighting to the front of your face because in fact right now I've got a down light or a can light that's directly over my head and I get more shadows on me than I would prefer and then the other people I've been on networking calls where we've had six or eight people on a screen and the people who have windows behind them the computer doesn't know what to do with that yet and so they are a black silhouette in you know, with a huge bright light behind them because it's only reading the light from the window. So that would be something to pay attention to, to not place your desk uh, with your window directly behind you if you're going to be using that spot for video recording. And that also helps because then you have fewer reflections on your screen. Because anytime right. you've got a, a bright window back behind you, then it dims down what you can actually see on your screen. And it's not as clear. Right, exactly. So something that that you may or may not be able to control is where are where is sound coming from? So, of course, kids and pets are obvious sources. But if you've got somebody else living in the house that is going to be just watching TV or doing something that makes noise, whether they're mowing the lawn or, uh, you know, playing a musical instrument, keep all of those sources in mind and see if you can find a way to either have a door that closes or be able to put, I don't even know. I mean, there's, I don't think you would go to the extent of doing acoustical panels or anything on the walls, but just be aware of, of what time of day those things happen. And if you can mitigate that a little bit, that helps, but some of it you may not be able to control. The other consideration is what kind of work do you actually do? And you need room for two monitors or one monitor. You just need your laptop. And so you have to consider how big a space you actually need in order to work. Do you have to have layout space uh, or is it something that's just you and your laptop that you can take anywhere in your home? Uh, so those are considerations, whether you need to find a corner or a bigger space. The other thing is the chair that you have to sit in. Because at your office, you probably had something that was provided for you that was ergonomically correct so that you could sit for a while if you're in an office space. And when you're at home, if you don't have a chair that you can be comfortable in for a long period of time and you've just grabbed a kitchen chair, that isn't going to work. So there are lots of chairs out there 
that have a lot of adjustability to them. So it's really important that you find something that you're comfortable in for a a period of time if you have to sit down in home office. Something that can adjust for you over a period of time. Or you could even have a stand-up type desk because there are some great desks out there that are getting less and less expensive that will raise and lower so you can stand instead of sitting all day. So you just have to think about what works best for you while you're working so that you can take advantage of the time that you're having to be at home. Yeah. And if you are um, in the situation where you you've never had a desk, you were always just the person to to climb up on your bed and just kind of work on your laptop there. But now you're finding that you actually do need a place to spread out. You know, we've often seen people get filing cabinets and a, a flat door from the home improvement store. That's always kind of a good standby. And if you are somebody that needs a lot of layout space, you can get a pretty wide door that would give you a nice deep desk. So there are some ways to sort of make do in the interim before, you know, so you don't have to spend a ton of money on expensive furniture, but it definitely makes a difference on how long you're able to sit and work comfortably. Before driving yourself nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> or to the chiropractor, that too. Um, and then one of the things I noticed, um, because of course, after we were quarantining for a while, I had to call Holly and say, okay, I need to come raid our office supply shelves in the office because I'm running low on stuff. So I made a trip to back to her house, to our office and loaded up. And then I got back to the house and realized oh, I need to make room for all of this because now I've got reams of paper and pens and all sorts of stuff. And I didn't have a place for that before. So that would be the other thing that that we would recommend is if this is going to become a long term solution of working from home, just sort of take inventory of the stuff that you need to store, the kind of equipment that you need. If you're going to have maybe you might invest in a a big uh, multifunction printer and scanner and those, especially the laser ones can be bigger. Uh, you'll need a place to do that with electricity and all that. Just a little bit of thinking ahead will make a big difference in making this whole process of officing from home a little more tolerable and, and enjoyable, hopefully, uh, that we can get to a point where this is actually a good thing. Yeah, with office supplies, you could even do something like there are some carts that are on wheels that have drawers for office supplies with the surface on top. And that could be a place where you set your printer and then put all your office supplies down below. And it could be something you could wheel out of the way and stash in a closet if you don't want it out all the time. But just sort of think about how it is that you live and what the possibilities are for being able to manage those extra things in your life. Yeah, I even um, back when we first were home with the kids, I was doing trying to do some homeschool stuff with my youngest. So we ended up with extra little workbooks and little activities and sensory. I got some trays with, you know, we put in a, a bag of beans so he could play with, you know, cups and scoops and things. But we needed a place to put all that because the stuff in a preschool classroom is is immense. (laughs) I mean, it's everywhere. And so I found some baskets that we had stashed somewhere and found some room in our TV entertainment center that actually worked out really well, because that's where we ended up playing and doing some of his learning was right there on the floor in the family room. So to have the stuff you need where you need it works great. So if you find yourself just working on your computer on the couch 
then stuff, a, you know, find a basket and put the things you need right there next to the couch. You don't have to put it in another room uh, and hide it because then that's not convenient. So think about how you really want to live with what you're doing and then put the stuff where you need it. And that works, makes everything a lot easier. Yeah, probably the other thing that a lot of people have encountered, and luckily I haven't, yet keep my fingers crossed is if somebody does get sick in your house how do you deal with that right you have to be able to quarantine them within the quarantine in your own home in order to keep the other folks safe in your house so uh, I know there's been some recommendations from the national guidelines but essentially you have to be able to isolate that person and that means not only the bedroom that can have a door that closes but also, if possible, give them their own bathroom that can be cleaned uh, more frequently and not have somebody else have to use it. Because that's where you get the cross-contamination and everybody else is going to get sick. And so, that's so hard to do. It's real hard. Yeah. Because then you think glitter, glitter everywhere. <laughs> glitter everywhere, <laughs> right. Yeah. So that would be something to hopefully that we don't ever have to deal with. But it always helps to have a plan in place. In fact, my husband and I talked about like, okay, what is our plan if one of us gets sick or one of the kids gets sick? Because if I got sick, then he wouldn't be able to to be in our bedroom or in our bathroom. So he'd have to be able to gather all his stuff up quickly and get out and probably have to sleep on the couch or room with one of the kids. I mean, it, it would get complicated real fast. And so you have to think ahead if you don't have an extra guest room or a place that someone could be you know, set up by themselves, you need to plan for that. So if you're in the situation where you're planning for a new house or a renovation, you know, sometimes we'll do mother-in-law suites or, um, you know, guest suites or wings to a house where it's kind of self-contained. Maybe they have a small little kitchenette and a separate bathroom. They might even have their own laundry, you know, a small stacked unit or something like that so that they can be self-sufficient. So that's, you know, if you're in the situation, it's worth talking about. It doesn't cost anything to talk about it, but it's better to hit plan for it ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we could go on and on and on and on and on about all these new issues that we've got, but we need some for our next podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is pretty fascinating to talk about. And my husband has been on plenty of conference calls with his office because he's with a big commercial firm And even they're talking about, you know, he's with the education studio and they're talking about how is this going to change the design of classrooms and the design of academic buildings on college campuses? What sort of new technology do they have to plan for in order to make, you know, to be able to transition to online schooling, make that a seamless transition versus in-person schooling? So it's a conversation that's happening across the board. It's not just in home design. Now, all businesses are having those conversations, no matter what the business is. It's yeah. How, how do we cope with this something that everybody's been calling the new normal? Right. Yeah. Even, I mean, restaurants are all having to shift gears and work differently so that they can handle the takeout and the delivery options and the drive through. And yeah, it's everybody is having to look at things differently. Who would have thought? I know. Here we are. It's pretty unbelievable. 
So anyway, we would love to hear from all of you. If you have had some of these similar thoughts or experienced something that maybe that we didn't mention, um, feel free to, to drop us an email or a message through our Facebook page because we'd love to hear from you. And that way we can mention it on the next podcast. You can find us online uh, pretty much on all the social media channels, Arch Happy Hour for the podcast, and then HPD Arch for our architecture firm, which is HPD Architecture and Interiors. Holly and I are both residential designers right here in Dallas. So if you if you are local and you have a, a question or something that needs to be solved that, you know, we've heard from some folks and they're saying the same thing that I never knew my kitchen didn't work until I actually had to use it. And so now they're calling and saying, help, please fix it because I can't stand it anymore. So if you're local to Dallas, feel free to give us a call. We'd be happy to talk with you. Do you have anything else to add, Holly? I don't think so. I think that's about it for today. Well, I have to say it's very nice to get to podcast with you again. We went way too long. Well, I think we may have figured it out. We'll find out. (laughs) We hope so. All right, everybody. Well, stay well, stay safe. Until next time, we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.